Hello and welcome to another episode of Poetry Emotional, although I'm very tempted to call it LA, 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 <laughs> the greatest anthem ever written, or certainly the newest one. Uh, I am join- ably joined by, uh, well, one, one newbie, one returning, uh, Christine Walsh is returning. It's not your first time, kid, it's not your first, it's not your first barbecue, this is it? It's not my first rodeo, not your first I've ridden this horse a couple of times. <laughs> you have, but our new one, Dan Kay. Uh, hello. hello, Dan, how are you, pal? Very well. Welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. Bueno in hand. Already bueno. been paid. Make the rock and roll. Never paid a turn before the act, that's what you say, so your performance has got to be up to the standard of bueno. Well, we'll wait and see if I deserve it by We'll the wait end. and see, we'll wait and see. It is, of course, Neil Fitz as well, joining the uh, the Fab Three. Um, lots to talk about. I mean, I'm, I'm honoured, really, that we've got this, this podcast has fallen just after one of the best European nights uh, that I've ever been uh, associated with I've ever been at watching and I was too young to go to um, San Etienne or to the San Etienne leg in, in, uh, with, with of course Dave Fairclough I was too young but I was outside the ground but it was all happening and those amazing magical nights you know in, in Europe I mean Chelsea I was away at Chelsea I was doing a film in London didn't get to Istanbul so I've missed out on some corkers Wednesday night was an absolute oh, it was just incredible wasn't it Christian one of those where were you moments and if you weren't on the cop or certainly at Anfield you, you, you should be kicking yourself because it was a, a, almost a generation defining atmosphere the, the, you know there's, there's people of a certain age as you say got since SEN I think even before that there was Inter Milan mm-hmm. uh, and then there was of course the, the, the great atmospheres of the 80s and then you move into Istanbul territory with Juventus and Chelsea Arsenal um, those sorts of nice Real Madrid of course Barcelona but for the team who obviously haven't been on this stage for, for nine years um, this is this this was the first opportunity for, for, a, for a new generation of Liverpool support to, to enjoy and to sing and to experience an Anfield night like that and, and it lived up to the bill I was, I was concerned beforehand I thought there was so much gum flapping going on about oh this atmosphere is going to be this and you know, City won't know what's hit it. I remember it was a little bit like that against uh, Real Madrid in 2014. And then when the game kicked off, boom, Madrid were eons better than Liverpool, absolutely miles better than Liverpool. Atmosphere fell flat, they were 3-0 down by half-time. You know, the reverse happened this time, Liverpool were 3-0 up by half-time. The performance obviously fed off the atmosphere, but the atmosphere fed off the performance. And it was one of those nights where, you know, regardless of what happens in the second leg, and I'm sure we'll move on to that at some mm-hmm. point, um, Regardless of what happens in that second leg, it, it will be a night nobody there will ever forget. That's a good point to make, Dan, as well, Dan, isn't it? Because a lot of people have, have been, you know, social media is the thing now, and you're instantly getting reaction to the game. And there's been a lot of people saying, well, what about the second leg? And, and there's a tendency to just say, whoa, just hang on a minute, you know, let's not ditch what we've just mm. experienced. Yeah, a lot can happen, of course, it's only half time. And if anyone knows about being 3 0 down at half time, it's Liverpool <laughs> fans, isn't it? Um, but. Let's just enjoy it. It was it was it was just an extraordinary. And and when you go to the build up of this game as well, Dan, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I've seen on some of the Sky channels and stuff. All people were talking about City. No one was talking about Liverpool. The threat of Liverpool. It was all about City. Sky Sports incredibly had this huge thing where they went through every City player one by one. And it was like you know you are playing against someone here. Which <clears throat> actually part of me thinks that's I don't mind that. Yeah. Because cause while, you know, while they're doing that and building them up, then we, you know, we, we were the underdogs, there's no doubt about it. They are head and shoulders the best team in the league, uh, City. Um, but we have to enjoy that, don't we, Dan? We have to enjoy what happened on Wednesday. I think there's a tendency in, in modern life now to you're constantly looking ahead. And, and, and you're 100% right, that is the danger, that you don't actually live in the moment. You're constant, constantly either trying to refer to what it means in the grander scheme of things looking yeah. back, 
or what will it mean for the future going forward? I mean, the way everything's panned out with this run of games, the first leg on Wednesday, the derby tomorrow, the second leg on Tuesday, everything compressed into six days. Obviously, it makes that it makes it maybe a little bit more understandable why people are already looking ahead and what does this yeah. mean and what can we read into it. But I think, as Christian said, it's been so long since this generation has had one of these kind of nights to really savour and absorb that I think it is very much worthwhile to just take a step back, enjoy it for what it is, you know, a, a great night, and whatever happens next week and you know when the tie isn't over, City are one of the very few teams mm. who have the ability to take on this kind of almost impossible comeback not 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 totally impossible but it's on the on the border of it obviously we saw uh, virtually 12 months ago that it is doable Barcelona lost 4-0 in Paris yeah. was it the last, mm-hmm. last 16 yeah. round the quarters yeah. PSG scored well exactly people say, oh, well, well. if we score away it's over it's not because you know, yeah. <laughs> we've already we've already conceded eight times to City last year now right five of them obviously were mitigated by the sending off yeah. of Mane in the league game but We've we go there on Tuesday with I think the kind of advantage that really was beyond the wildest dreams of even the most optimistic Liverpool supporter. It isn't over, but I'm sure every City fan, player, everyone associated with that club would much rather be in our position absolutely. than theirs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I, I wonder as well, you know, if, if Liverpool were to somehow you know throw it away or, or City you know wrestle it from their grasp, it can be either or, can't it? You know, everybody will point to the, the celebrations after the after the whistle and, and everybody buzzing off it. But as you say, live in the moments. It was it was ninety minutes, and 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 you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I've seen people sneering. Oh, it's only half time. Football's meant to be fun. Football's meant yeah. to be about emotion. It's meant to be. It's meant to be about those moments where and you memories. absolutely lose yeah. memories, Make of course. What's everybody meant to do? Go yeah. home, applaud politely, and go. Oh, it's only half time. Yeah. You know, it's it's all about living in that moment. And if everybody lives in the fear of what might be coming next week, then no other. There's no point in life. I've yeah. always said, and you've used it on the air, and I've always said, what 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 defines a football club? What defines a football fan is the memories they give you, the yeah. moments they give you. I woke up the morning of a uh, Wednesday morning. I hadn't slept very much, and no. my stu- my stomach was in knots. Same. And it was like that all day. I had to go to London. I had a meeting in London for the job, and I went down, and I was on the train. I couldn't think about anything else. So I came back, and that was all the way through then to get into the ground. And I said to a lad when we got inside the ground, I saw that actually a mate of mine outside I've seen for years, a writer called John Fay, great Kirby writer. And he grabbed me and he went, "It's an omen," because <laughs> I haven't seen him for ages. And I actually said to him, two or three nil, mate." And, and I, he's not, he doesn't have a mobile phone, famously, so I can't get in touch with him. But I went in the ground and, and, and he busted my stomach. And I, I turned around to a lad and I said, imagine what it must be like supporting a club that doesn't make you feel like this. Because mm. we take it for granted. But there are so many fans out there for different clubs you never get. And like you just said, it's almost a decade since we felt this. That's, that's remarkable. Because it doesn't feel like that to me. Well, it's, it's, the way, it's the way these kind of matches make you feel. I mean, I'm just having a chat before with Paddy Shannon, one of our the long-standing Echo journalists, mm. who's, uh, despite being from Preston, not County Road, is a lifelong episode. Yes, he is, yeah. And we obviously were chatting about the small matter of the Merseyside derby, which I'm sure we will come on to in a bit. And he was saying how he doesn't go anymore. Um, it, it, it's the, he hates derbies. I'm like, you know, it's just a common thing among Since he got rid of Gordon Lee. He's <laughs> <laughs> Dixie's in but and one of the reasons why it doesn't go anymore was because the stress and the anxiety that, that it brings out. And, and, and as you get that, I mean, I've always said, I love Derby Week, mm. Derby Day, obviously, everyone, you get your Derby belly in it, and it's, obviously you, you enjoy it when you win. But I think the, and Wednesday provided a great example of that because it's second half, not so much to the extent of Chelsea in 2005, but we were all suffering a bit. Mm. You know, I think... Oh, undoubtedly. Salah going off as early as what he did 
I think, kind of devastated everyone, mm. you know, team and, and fans for... It was almost like a goal for City, it wasn't was. it? Yeah, and, yeah, and you could tell the City players and the City fans straight away, it was almost like they perked It was Beckenbauer like, getting taken off in... Oh, no, it was Bobby Charlton getting taken off in 70, wasn't it? That's what yeah, Beckenbauer said, that's him. It's quarter-final. To be fair, we kind of, you know, I think everyone kind of picked themselves up and realised, all right, we've all just got to kind of get together here and through force of will get ourselves over the line. But... This is the trade-off that you make as a supporter. I think that the I mean that, the, the example of chatting to Paddy just then. I said probably would he probably wouldn't have appreciated me reminding of it. That two thousand five semi against Chelsea. I mean, obviously we scored so early. Mm. It was very very much backs against the wall mm. for pretty much the entire mm. game. And then that ball goes up for six minutes stoppage time. And I mean, who will ever forget Good Johnson's smash oh, right oh, across Christ, the goal? No we're, we're, uh, but. I Remember saying to me, you know, ostensibly we pay money to go to watch a football match. This is here is a leisure activity, yeah. And like the, it was like torture that situation, <laughs> like physical and mental torture. And you, and remember, turns we made at one point goes, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. We must be crackers. You know, the the money that you spend to go and follow your team, but, and this is the point, the the trade off that you make for all that worry, all that angst. Is the moments like when the final whistle went against Chelsea, when when yeah, the realization of, is, yeah. of what you done sinks in, yeah. and that's what makes all that yeah. worry, all that that's stress physical and mental worthwhile. exhaustion after the game. Yeah. That's something that you're not actually physically taking part in has such an effect. But on we you are in many ways. But how the players do it? Because I I think that you know you're in the stands or whatever, and and, and there's all that pressure that that you feel. Imagine, imagine trying to kick a ball straight, let alone like performing at that but, high but, level. But that's an interesting point to make, though, because do you think that it's different because they're not as connected to the club? Most as we of them are. I mean, the, most Trent of them are. Let's be yeah, Trent. Trent, Trent and we'll get on to his performance, which yeah. is extraordinary. But but for a lot of them, because maybe they've grown up through academies, it's probably a different ethos, isn't it? It's probably a different thought process. We'll get on to that now because uh, when I got into the ground, you know, there was a. It wasn't that I had a confidence in us. I just felt that. City play the way we like to play in the same way as United don't yeah. and Juventus don't interestingly so if they which it looks like they're going to be out if we do get through and it's a big if but if we do get through that's a big that's a team there where, where uh, you know you can look and say well you've got you know you've got Munich you've got Barca you've got Real they don't play they don't teams that could effectively play right into the hands of the way they play yeah. whereas Juventus are very much a United kind of sit back and yeah. So anyway, that's another story. When we got in there, what, what I want to, the point I want to uh, uh, raise is, is atmosphere in home games has been a bit dodgy, I think, in, for, for, in recent years at Liverpool. But then uh, the emergence of this song, we just talked about it before we before we started the podcast. It, uh, you heard it in Porto. I didn't hear it till the actual last home game, Watford, I think it was. Yeah. And I heard this thing coming through, and I went, well, what's that? But it's an, it's an immediately, incredibly infectious song. LA, 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 of course, I'm talking about, which has now caught fire. Can't get out of my head. I can't, I, I'm, do, I'm just walking around, going, yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous, but what an incredible time for that to erupt, and, what, and, and how much that has done, to the, and will continue, I think, to do, because it's a catchy song, and a catchy song works anyway. And as I say, you look at, you, you look at the, the, the good seasons Liverpool have had over the past... 10, 15 years, they've all had uh, a definitive song. You know, 05 was obviously, you know, a, a mix between La Bamba yeah. and, uh, and Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire. Uh, 07 was O Campione, you yeah. know, not not the biggest fan of that one, and it doesn't Best really get. Westbury Fields in the world. Westbury Fields, well, that happened in Athens to begin yeah. with, and then that carried, that, that carried on sort of 08, 09, ah, right. um, until Sissoko left, uh, mm. selfishly. And then uh, there was 2014, of course, there was We Are Liverpool, tra la 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 la. Yeah. yeah. 
Liverpool have now got that and, and all you need sometimes is I think so, in, in this day and age of the internet and this is ridiculous because we're recording a podcast it's great it all mm. gives us jobs and, mm. and things to do but you know I, I think there's a lot of scrutiny in terms of well we can't sing that because Bristol Rovers sang that or you know we can't sing this because yeah. you know Celtic have done that ultimately like you, you, you can't get uh, it's very very rare that you get a a real organic uh, song where nobody you know a unique song yeah. that's, that's individual to you you know somebody sung something before you know you can you can guarantee that yeah so I think there's a lot of songs of charts that get started and haven't not necessarily yeah. got yeah. started what LA has done is, is sort of yeah it's a bit of a knockoff from I don't know where it came from to be honest but Porto was singing it um, in the, I was wondering the, that the other day Porto sang it as, as away fans at Anfield I don't know if they nicked it off Liverpool but I don't know but I don't know where it's come from but ultimately everyone's just enjoying themselves it has a, feel, it, it has a, it has a it's weird that we're analysing the song like this it's good, it's good. It, has a, it has a continental feel to it doesn't yeah, it yeah. so whether it has been lifted from a from from an away match in you know in Europe and then they brought it back, but it, it it what it does is it just ticks all the boxes for, I mean it, it's got that rise in it where you, where they sing to the end and then it just goes up yeah. again and everyone was just getting up and it was just and even the even the scarf swinging well it's it lends just itself to scarf swinging yeah. Out, yeah like like ring of fire doesn't and it, yeah. it, it is amazing how every so often I mean the the, the other one, pretty exhausted list that you come up with there Christine the only one I would throw into that mix would have been the Torres one. Yeah, yeah, well, I, also. well, and also the, the, the Peshmo with Luis Suarez as well. Yeah, yeah. of course, good shout. Um, and it's amazing how sometimes a song will just emerge from yeah. nowhere into the consciousness of Liverpool supporters and just seem to kind of like sum up a mood, yeah. a time. Yeah. And it seems to just kind of sweep everybody along with it. And it, it does it does t- it does seem to take a few boxes. It's got that kind of continental. Yeah, and it talks about Europe, and that's that's where we we are head and shoulders above, isn't it? In yeah, Europe, as a European force. And I think that's how we all, how how many Liverpool fans kind of identify yeah. themselves as a club and as a fan base, even though we're proud to be one of the champions of England again. We are we're a, Europe, a European city, a European club. Yeah, I don't think you should dismiss like the relevance of this as well, and the importance because. You know, I, before this season, I mean, Liverpool fans couldn't come up with a decent song for Jurgen Klopp, really, and that was partly his fault because he was given the, the whole "Don't sing don't my sing name my until I win." Probably because he heard it when that's <laughs> off. So that that one, that one's yeah. that you know. So they haven't really, the, the, yeah. yeah um, and it was you know, I don't think Liverpool have had Liverpool fans have had a, a good song for for a long yeah, while, yeah. And, and so you know, the, I mean, I used, to have, I used to have a jo- I used to have a joke going to all the home games saying to me, mate, like we'll have a sweep. Let's see how quickly. Let's see how long it takes before the fields of Anfield roll. Exactly, and exactly. it's moments, and it's four or five. It hardly got sung. It, it hardly got sung at the, at the, at the it game. Got sung. But what? But what's interesting is I think because of the atmosphere that's been all going on, I think this this new song now is something that will. It will start lifting exactly up. That's what I mean. Exactly. That's what I mean. Everybody it. wants to Everyone sing it. Catch into Everybody it. wants to sing yeah, it. There's yeah. no sort of I'm too cool for school to sing yeah, this. Everybody's yeah. involved. Don't forget as well. This is also the season of the Mo Salah song. Yeah. You know, of, yeah. of, 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 of uh, James's sit down. So yeah. it's it really can ignite an atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's what Liverpool have lacked over the past couple of seasons. I I remember years and years ago, and you know, it, it was a tradition that I think stopped because of the Premier League anthem and when they played "You Never Walk Alone." But the players used to get the name sung before yeah. kickoff, yeah, and yeah, they used to pretty yeah. much go down the team sheets. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Sam, Sammy, yeah. Jamie Carragher, yeah. you know, even Steve Finnan, you know, yeah, right back yeah. called Steve Finnan got got on there. And, he used to go through the team that stopped and I think yeah. that's because of anthems and you know walk alone placements and all that sort of palaver but what it is now is is you know you saw before that game uh, on Wednesday 
everybody was just singing that and, and it was just absolutely it just lit the torch paper yeah. for a it, really it, special and it's, night it's always great afterwards you get a, I mean after a result like that the first thing I want to do is watch it and I yeah. want to absorb <laughs> every newspaper you can get and yeah. just absorb any kind of kind kind words about our team you just want to go but what's great is when you can hear when a commentator is saying I can't hear myself speak I mean the atmosphere is absolutely crazy we'll talk about the atmosphere now we probably should say it just, just, just because it's, it's out there um the uh, the the, uh, the smashing up of the, of the Man City but, uh, coach on the way in, or the smashing up, but the throwing them. We don't condone that in any way, shape, or form. I was disgusted by it, to be honest with you. I mean, um, we discussed it before, did me and just saying how many of the people who threw that stuff actually went to the game. Yeah. Probably just went to an A house, got smashed somewhere. You've got a whole generation of people who have got no interest or, or, or understanding of what this club means to do something like that of all the people of all the fans in the world who've been trying to clear our name for so many years for, 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 for being you know well-mannered well-natured good football loving people it just sticks a knife in the back of every one of us and it, and it, and it, it does no good whatsoever if, you, if anyone I, I went on Twitter saying the heroes who, who line the streets and so many people come on all Evertonians by the way and Man City fans I mean what, unless one bottle bounced off the coach so hard that it shot over Stanley Park and chipped a piece of Dixie Dean's statue what's it got to do with them Quite. but yeah. the fact is they were also saying you condoning them I wasn't condoning I'm talking about the thousands that line the streets well behaved well behaved yeah. giving it boss atmosphere. you can give whatever you want to that coach just don't just don't touch it don't touch it and you want a hostile atmosphere one of, of the great things about Wednesday night for me was that during the game Virtually for the entire 90 minutes, every time City were in possession, there was hiss. constant oh, was whistling and booing. And that is what that's what you want. And, 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 and That's a 12th man at work. Exactly. What was so disappointing about that aspect of, of Wednesday was that, like, like you say, there's, there's unfortunately many people out there that will, that will take any opportunity to run our city and our club down. And they will have seen that, that, that and the media yeah. coverage of it and be rubbing their hands together. And it's just this, see what we mean, see what we mean. That's the I told you so. Yeah. That, 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 that's what we that, always knew that that's... And that's... And that's the damage that does, and it doesn't reflect. And not one person who threw anything like that. And it's actually when. And if you think I'm overreacting, we're overreacting. Just actually lit, look at the footage from inside the coach. Not so oh, much the outside. The, out, the outside. The outside the coach is bad enough. Inside the coach is horrendous. Any one of them windows could have gone through. And and that's not what we're about. That's not that would have taken away. By the way. You know, we faced a 10-year ban in Europe. We still get blamed by other clubs for, for ruining their Europe. Let's not go down the road of doing that again. What people need to remember as well is that we love the... You know, it's a relatively modern phenomenon. I think the first one I can really remember was a league game against Tottenham in Raffles last season, about January 2010. Yeah, and the Aquilani and Cout, wasn't that's it? That's right, yeah. Only a, hand, you know, a few hundred people, mm-hmm. if that. And, it, and you know, for the bigger games, it's become a regular thing. And it does absolutely kind of really add to the sense of occasion and everything else. The danger is... And what people need to just think for a second and hang on to the, the beer bottles or whatever. The, ultimately, the police, the authorities, they can't stop people standing on public highways. The way Anfield is set up now, there's only certain ways it can actually go mm. into the ground. But the danger is, if people, if if this kind of thing happens again, then it'll just be ridiculously heavy-handed policing. Mm. No one will be allowed any ale yeah, anywhere, yeah. And, and, it, and it'll just spoil it for everyone. People it gets ruined. And also, else. what they've got to understand is the pressure that na- that now puts on the Liverpool team going to Manchester. Because what's the retaliation going to be like? What's that? And this is how these things spread. It's it's it was a disgrace. And, and like I say, they don't re- they don't reflect our club. Now there's going to be heavy fans heavy fines imposed. So what would the fans do if the club went? Well, yeah, we're sticking a few quid on your on your on your season ticket now. Well, I, mean, there's, there's, I mean, it can't happen just yet. But you know, we've we've seen that UEFA are very much a toothless organisation when it comes to that oh, this yeah. sort of thing. But you know, 
hypothetically, they, 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 they could, you know, and this goes for the for the for the uh, the, the, the part of techniques inside the ground, which look great, mm-hmm. and I am a fan of. But at the same time, sadly, it's they illegal. illegal. They are sadly mm-hmm. illegal. Um, you know, that can lead to, to behind closed doors or past your stadium being closed yeah, off yeah, and yeah, all this. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's worth thinking about this sort of thing. It really is. It, it, I'm it really sure is. nobody listens to this is, is, you know, would have, would have thrown that bottle of Copperberg no, or whatever. No. It, but it's just one I'm of those... I'm sure there are people who... There might be people listening to this who are calling us all arseholes well, going for, for, for not agreeing with it. There could be both ways of that. But I, I can only feel how I feel about it. And, yeah. and I think from the history we've had... And what we bring to it, what what, what the, the Liverpool Football Club brings to football, there's no place in it for do. We don't need it. That's the point. It's not needed. Well, the point you made before about you know, if say for example the club decided to pass the fan on the the, the, the whatever fine they get onto the fans in terms of ticket prices, I, I was very lucky enough to go to Celtic on Saturday with the Spirit of Shanky group to look at the rail seating um, setup that they've got there, and it was a really interesting, informative visit. And you know, we're hopefully going to do a podcast on that at some point in a few weeks' time. But but. The, the point is this: this um, this has worked, and it works really well for the we mm. with the police, safety advisors, whatever. They actually said the way football is now, it, the way it's actually set up there is, is actually not just safe, but safer mm. than current practices mm. where mm. a lot of people stand their grounds anyway. But th- how they made this work is through fans, groups, supporters, police, clubs, everybody working together. Mm. And there's an, ele- you know, an element of trust on behalf of the clubs and the authorities to say, well, listen, we know this is what you want. You know, this yeah. is we live in the real world. This is this is how we can all work together and collaborate. And you can imagine clubs and authorities looking at something like that on the on Wednesday night and going, "Well, what's, what's the, point? the point?" Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's. I think it's important not to overstate. You know, yeah. This kind of thing. You know, a lot of the city players said we've, we've seen this loads of times yeah, before. Yeah, it's quite yeah, commonplace yeah, in Europe. Yeah. But it's just in the context of everything else. Yeah. It was just it was just disappointed and just you know put it. Well, I can, I, and I can remember briefly. We'll go on. We'll, we'll move on to better things. But I can I remember the West Ham Man United incident where Jesse Lingard was filming it and the, the, the windows were going in yeah. and he was lying on the floor going whoa and it was just. There's no ultimately what we're all saying. There's no place in football for that, and and, and um, no need, no need for it. Let's do it on the pitch, which yeah. is what we did. Let's talk about performance now. Our first half, the first ten minutes. When I looked at the lineup, I thought Milner, oh, a bit slow. How are you going to over? Boy, oh boy. My, uh, the main concern, I think, and I'm going to hold my hands up here, and, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, was Trent. He'd he'd, he'd made a couple of howlers, <coughs> certainly against United, Rashford. Rashford tore him up, tore him a strip, didn't he? Uh, he was, his placement was wrong. That famous thing that I did LFC TV with Mark Lonson the other weekend, and one thing I'll always remember Mark Lonson saying is, as a defender, you always have to think the worst. You always have to think that your mate's not going to get to that ball. It's going to. So always prepare yourself for the worst, and and uh, and he didn't. Trent, he's a young kid, and he got shown for a couple of mistakes. So roll on Wednesday night when he's against Sané, and you're thinking this could be. Difficult, and you remember if you remember in in the um, uh, in the league game, which obviously we won four three. But Sané's goal, then it was Gomez won it slipped, yeah, yeah. and he was off. Caught under the ball, wasn't he? caught under the ball, and he woof, He was gone. What a performance by it! Was he nineteen years of age? That kid, eighteen, nineteen. What a performance! Potentially, just... potentially career defining, and that you know that, that's probably overstating it a little well, bit. Well, when you but... know that Southgate was there watching, yeah, yeah. exactly. He was watching. Um, the, there was a lot of interest in the observers. The, the world is watching ultimately, you know. And, and if people didn't know who Trent Alexander Arnold was before, they certainly do now, you know. And um, I was one of those who didn't write him off. I, I wrote I was covering the Crystal Palace game on um, last Saturday. And my, one of my main analysis pieces was, you know, Klopp's got a bit of a problem here mm. because, and, and and you know, I should mitigate this by saying, the only reason it's a problem now is because Trent's been so good this season that it hasn't it hasn't been an issue so, mm. so far. 
but he's now come up against two very good players in Rashford and Zaha. Um, actually, feels he did best in the second half against Zaha. Or yeah, Zaha and, to, tired. and to be fair, they'll do that to a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but what had happened is that, and I think the closing line was, you know, opposition managers are putting a target on his back, and maybe a sign to take him out the firing line. Yeah. And I'm no doubt in my mind if if Nathaniel Klein was 100% fit or Joe Gomez I think he probably would have been against yeah. Man City but Klopp has kept faith with him he's he's obviously somebody who they rate really 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 highly as you say he's only 19 he's still a teenager and ultimately it's it's to do that to Leroy Sané who to be fair is also a young player yeah. you know he can he can shrivel in the, in the, in yeah. the, on the occasion I'm sure he hasn't played an atmosphere like that despite you know all this talk from City going oh we played there we played there Sané wouldn't have played an atmosphere like that even a shell catch um, he did fade I think yeah, he certainly did fade but but what I liked about Trent was was was, was it wasn't just a, a performance founded on you know, grit and heart you know sort of something like you call no, like a, yeah. a, a, a Stevie Gerrard yeah. uh, performance it was intelligence it was intelligence and it was finet- it was very very clever Sally would have the ball and, and instead of going to him Terry tries to go it's alright mate here's, here's yeah. the space here's yeah, the space yeah. you, you come on to me yeah. one, of, one of my teammates is going to help me out yeah. me, so don't worry about like, you know you, you, you can have this five yards of space what are you going to do it was interesting uh, Dan wanted just how much room Sani was given because Trent was actually going straight I kept saying if you make the room Trent was actually moving away from, from Sani for most of the time getting central it was, it was as if they were saying well they're going to ping a 40 yarder over to him by the time that gets there I'm on him and there was an incredible understanding towards it wasn't there it, it, it was quite clear that they obviously had as part of their tactical Briefings and plans for the game. I think Klopp obviously knew that he was going to be playing Trent there. Sane is arguably one of the most informed players in the league at the mm-hmm. moment, anyway. And it was clear that they, that they realised, listen, you know, we've got to be wise to, 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 to you know, there's every chance they are going to try and identify. I mean, th- these two games in the last month or so, United away and Palace away, when Trent has had, a, you know, a relatively difficult time. I think certainly in the first time we were talking about it in the the Blood Red podcast on Monday. In both those games, yeah, he struggled a bit and. and you know, cost cost a couple of goals here and there. But the encouraging thing from my point of view in both those games as well is that his head never fell off mm. and he didn't go to pieces. And in both those games, second half, he kind of dug in and you know and, and salvaged the credible probably six, six and a half, seven mm. out of ten performance out of it. I mean, for me, I, one of the one of the biggest things about Trent Trent's performance on Wednesday was that in many ways I wasn't actually even that surprised. Mm. You know, I, I, I've always had this acceptance that with young players, and particularly young defenders, you are going to get moments when the kind of callowness of their youth is exposed mm. by just the, by experienced, talented players, or sometimes just the situation itself. But Trent has shown himself that Trent has shown in this short, you know, thirteen career so far that he doesn't get phased. He learn, he, he, he learns, yeah. and I mean, well, I, th- I think his first league start was at Old Trafford like, last last yeah. January. Now, you know, I don't think Klopp would have thrown him into that kind of environment if he didn't feel he had. The mental cap- mm. the mental capabilities to kind of deal with that pressure and and not be phased by the mm. occasion. So, but but you, Christian's point just then about it, it wasn't just kind of like a blood and thunder. You know, a lot of Carragher's early performances were characterised by smashing into tackles and and you know Trent Trent certainly no lightweight mm. in, in the tackle or, or in, in the physical element, but it was the composure. Mm. Um, the kind of the steadiness, the calmness on the ball. Well, there was a lot of cushioned headers, which I thought were very impressive. Ball coming to him, Sane running on him, just cushioned headers over to another. A lot of it, a lot of his clearance has found players, and that's the big difference between finding Rosette. He thinks about where he's going to put it, so he's got the frame of mind to do it. I mean, particularly first half as well. I mean, I've watched the game back, 
kind of twice really. I mean, like you, there was no way I was ever going to bed on Wednesday night without <laughs> watching it again, although I was kind of starting to nod a little mm. bit because it was in at half five that morning. But I watched it again properly last night. And certainly first half, you know, you know calmness under pressure in his own last third, but also when he was further up the pitch around about the halfway line, where sometimes he'd actually get ahead of the ball or ahead of, mm. certainly on the par with the mid, where the midfielders were. And he wouldn't be flapping thinking, who am I going to pass it to mm. here? He would just take a touch, look up and find the nearest red shirt. Mm. Second half, I don't think any any of them really kept the ball as well as they might have done, and that's why. No, and I, and I know Klopp was harder. Klopp, Klopp was quite critical of that; he didn't play any football. But it's when you watch it again, you realise the pressing that they did in that first half. And I, I must say, uh, James Milner was just—I said I had no reservations about him in the side, only because I just feel like sometimes he slows the pace down. He was extraordinary, wasn't he? Again, this one, another thing I've got wrong. I don't know why I'm employed here. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I said this as the season. I had ma- massive concerns over James Milner. I thought that he'd he played in midfield. Well, he was a left back for the vast, vast majority of last season. But he played in midfield in a, in a game against Stoke, and it was a bit of a strange setup. He played three at the back. The uh, away clock, game was, it was the away game on Grand Trent National Woodburn Day. Trent yeah. Woodburn played, and it was a bit of a hodgepodge team because of, uh, I'm not quite sure why, but it was just one of those sorts of games where he tried something different anyway. Milner was in central midfield and he just looked so lost. Mm. He, he really looked like he'd lost half half a yard of, of a yard that he didn't have anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was really poor on the ball, you know. And, and I, I think I said this summer privately. I don't know if I sort of wrote it in an article, but I thought I've got a big concern over James Milner. Uh, whether we've effectively, you know, whether Jurgen Klopp has effectively just. Not ruined his career, obviously, but but, but programmed him to be a left yeah. back, and now yeah. he can't. Now yeah. he doesn't so remember. You know, you've, it's yeah. a bit like Klopp's used this analogy before: riding the bicycle. You yeah. know, you, you sort of sometimes you can forget when you get yeah. back on it after a while. And to be honest, the first couple of games that he played in midfield for Liverpool this season, it's sort of it's strengthened that that opinion of mine. But past two or three months, he's been absolutely out of this world in terms of some of those midfield performances, especially in Europe. He's now. Level with Neymar yeah. of the all-time in a season assists maker. Incredible. So that'll be two hundred million, please. It's, yeah. it's incredible. That'll isn't be two hundred million, please, yeah. in the summer. Absolutely PSG. incredible. Um, the pressing, the pressing that he led, and and, and we must say as well. I know where. Uh, Neil Jones, who, who, uh, who I'm sure will be back for a few podcasts, who, uh, he was he, he'd be the first to say that when Oxley Chamberlain was signed, he was like, "What's he going to bring?" No, boy, as that were, boy, as that kid found, starts to find his groove, and he, I mean. Well, and, and, and it's not it. just that it's the, you can see his fitness levels you can see I always remember when we played when we when we came to Arsenal this season one of the goals we scored you can see Oxley Chamberlain just jogging and you're thinking whoa and then we buy him and the first few games I think Leicester away in the League Cup and he just looked so far off the pace and yeah. clearly you know, his career had massively hit the buffers at Arsenal and that's obviously one of the reasons why he he, he was looking for a move and they, they weren't too heartbroken to get rid of him but sometimes it's, you know, whether by hook or by crook you end up with the right you went at the right place and the right time and clearly he does seem to kind of fit into the way Klopp wants to put his teams together and you, know, you kind of mentioned Milne just before but the way that those two combined for that goal mm. I mean obviously it's a fantastic strike from like, um, from, from Chamberlain I've seen one or two people describe it almost soon as like it was well, very the, much that the, back the, little, the body shape. Well, it was the it was the it was the speed and the dart like shot of the, of the ball. The wasn't tra- it? I always kind of think the, the trajectory yeah, of the ball yeah. as well when it's still rising when it when it hits the net. Just against that, like in the replay, it means a main rosing and it was against the Everton. Everton eighty four, like, yeah. Well, they really thumped one. that one. In. Well, the, 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 that, 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 that was a much lower one, kind of beat yeah, yeah. at his at his post, didn't it? But every so often, we've all watched you. Know, 
not just football but ball sports for years and years and years and, and you're kind of generally used to the way balls move every every now and then you see something the one I always think about the Patrick Berger scoring a goal against Leeds about eight, we won 3-1 uh, Haman and Murphy so mm. Leeds were great at the time under David O'Leary and I remember switching the time rewinding that again and again going how has that ball done that mm. balls aren't supposed to do that mm. but for that the other point I wanted to make about how these two in many ways kind of much maligned and I like many Liverpoolians have had concerns about our midfield particularly as the season's gone on and, and defensively we seem to be more resolute mm. obviously since, since Van Dijk's come, on, come in midfield really has been my big concern but the way Milner and uh, Chamberlain and Henderson that kind of understanding they had between each other they, they, they were fantastic on, on Wednesday night and obviously Chamberlain's goal was basically came about through Milner Absolutely crunching into yeah. the tackle. Great, a uh, great, I must say, because we very rarely give positivity to referees, but a great advantage play by the referee. Well, in, in a European match, in a European match, German ref, what you, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. a southern European ref would have given yeah. that, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. but it was very, very cleverly done. For me, no, it was foul. There's no doubt about it. Came through the back of him, allowed it on, but it was that tackle from Milner. And, and the first touch was good, and he just one touch the set, and, and you know he's a very good goalkeeper that Edison. But the fact that didn't he didn't, he, well, I don't think he even executed a full dive in the end yeah. because having made the move, but just the pace and the direction of the ball, yeah. he just knew I've got no chance. Absolute screamer, mate. But he is really stance. I mean, he did say when he first came in, I want to be a central midfield player, and we were like, oh. and even Klopp was putting him on the on the right, wasn't mm. he? And, 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 but he seems to be fitting into that role now, and uh, he's getting fitter and fitter. And that's the important thing, isn't it, Christine? He's still only twenty four. Yeah, he's. he's He's still 24 years of age. I, I think what he is doing as well is he's, he's sort of he's really putting a couple of nails in Arsene Wenger's coffin at Arsenal mm, because you, you look at you look at. Well, he just famously like said recently that Arsenal used to in, d- discourage him to score. Yeah, he'd say don't have a goal, pass it on to yeah, someone exactly. else. Exactly. Um, if he's got that in his locker, that sort of shot, then why? That, maybe that's why he's only scored nine goals since he yeah, was at Arsenal. Yeah. Maybe he's had that in his locker all along. He looks powerful, doesn't he? He's 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 some lovely strong. touches as well. Some I think, lovely... there was one point against this, against City where I think he spun Laporte. Unbelievable! Laporte, he spun was... Laporte on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He spun and went and spun round. And it was that he, was he t- really that... is a specimen. Yeah. He looks like he looks like a Klopp player now. Yeah. You know, he really does. Um, and he's still versatile because you know, let's say Salah's injured for yeah. the uh, for the Etihad. Um, I hope that he isn't, but let's say that he is. Then he, he can fill in on one of those you know wide positions as well. But I mean, the, the thing about Oxley Chamberlain as well. I mean, he's really ingratiated themselves with the, the supporters because, uh, you know, every post-match interview he does or, or every every media call that he does, he he just seems such a, a nice fella. Yeah, like yeah. he really sort of understands. And I think sometimes I think maybe the, you know, the, the w- w- is it maybe a headache from the from the early Roy Evans days of of, of those sort of southern lads coming in and not necessarily pulling the weight. You know, you yeah, think of Ruddock, Scales, yeah, Barber, yeah. all those type of players. So I think there's almost like a a, a subconscious. And he's what got a pop star girlfriend, I think maybe star, a star, yeah. you're kind of thinking, I am. Yeah, what, yeah. what, what type of... And, but, but he just and shows shave your chest and then maybe advert doesn't help, does it? let's be honest with <laughs> but, you. But he's, he's very much, uh, you know, he's very much taken all of those those ideas against them, those preconceptions, and, he, yeah. and he's, he's busted every myth around them. It really is nice to see a player, like you say, a bit of doldrums in Arsenal, wondering where he's going to go. And it was, to be given give his due, it was him who went, you know what, I'm not going anywhere, and I need a challenge, I need to go somewhere. Where I'm going to be challenged, and, and uh... you wonder, you know, you look at look at the situation Arsenal are in. I mean, it hasn't really worked out for Sanchez at United, but then Mourinho's a similar sort of coach. Where if you don't conform to his style, then then you know there's nothing down for you. Mm. But you, you look at like in the summer, you know, should, should Liverpool have a look at? I don't know, you know, an Adam Ramsey or someone, somebody uh, else. Adam Ramsey recently, Someone who yeah, else has been in the doldrums, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to know just how many players at Arsenal are struggling because of, of, of that situation. I thought Walcott was a steal. 
Yeah, because because I mean, again, we're validated. It's mm. one of those. But if you get one of these players, the, for me, Arsenal are a squad full of progressive players. Yeah. Mm. Um, if Liverpool didn't have a right back, I think I'd be, or certainly didn't have as many right backs as they have. Bellerin. I think Bellerina be like one where I think yeah. I'd be shouting from the rooftops, get him in. Let's let's see what he can do. Yeah. But I, I think that's it. What what you're saying there as well taps into kind of like one of Jurgen Klopp's greatest assets mm. as, as a manager which is getting the absolute best out of the tools at his disposal mm. I think that's one of the reasons why he was hired in the first place um, he said himself that you know the most satisfaction he gets out of his job isn't just writing huge whopping checks for Virgil van Dijk mm. and but, yeah, obviously we're all hoping that he, he's going to improve van Dijk as a player also Oxley chamberlain was a pretty whopping check as well really. yeah. squids, wasn't it? it is it is although in the, in the modern era that yeah. kind of, well, it doesn't it's put when all the money went a bit mad well, it, it's become, it, it, it only seems to be going one way. Um, I, but the, the, the way we are as a club, you know, we can't, we're not going to be able to compete, compete on the same financial playing field as a Manchester City, as a Chelsea, as a Manchester United, these financial behemoths. Yeah. Obviously, we're not paupers either, yeah. but we are in kind of like that second bracket, and that's why that aspect of, of Klopp's ability to identify... Yeah. characteristics in a player yeah, that yeah. he can maybe just dig a little bit yeah, more out yeah. of... Um, yeah, well, Naby Keita already looks pretty good, doesn't he? But yeah. you would hope that he's going to be able to, if he can find an extra five percent from him. Yeah, it's only going to be. Happy I think days. if anyone can, the, the combination of, of the of the fans and Klopp can do that, can't he? Yeah, Henderson's a blow. You have to say Don't, that many times you say you hear yourself saying that. <laughs> um, but uh, he got yellow carded for a. It, it was a foul, to be fair. On, on it was a needless one as well. Why did he done that with five minutes? I don't know because I, I, I think he was racing through. Yeah, he was racing through. To be fair, I think he took one for the team. He got a bit of stick for me. He took one for the team a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I think it was, I, I wonder if it part of it was the fact that he was Sterling. I mean, because the, the Sterling had a little bit of a nibble at him, and they always kind of squared up to each other. Well, Sterling ran him and bounced off him. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But that's a big loss, isn't it? Because we are. Let's look. I mean, uh, let's just address first and foremost as well, just before we go on to the Liverpool thing. The Sterling issue. There was lots of lots of stuff made about Pep Pep, Pep getting his tactics wrong, um, and not playing Sterling. Well, you know what? Sterling Sterling bombed at Anfield when we beat them four three. He got brought off. He gets booed every time he touches the ball. Mm. I can see where Pep was going yeah. with that. I can understand that. You know, give him his due. I mean, they're all, they're all coming out. You should have played Sterling. But these people don't go to them games. No. These pundits don't see Sterling and Anfield when he just gets booed off the pitch. As Ed goes, he starts kicking people and he gets brought off. And I think he may well have been thinking it's already. You know, all right, we've been to Anfield before. We know, and obviously City have this horrendous record there. I think it's two wins since 1956. Yeah, it's insane. Really, when you think about, although a reminds of that before the money they weren't much. True. But, but, so, so that's one aspect of it. Also, really been aware that you know this, you know, our our reputation as a as a you know a European venue is not overstated, and he'll be aware of that. Yeah. And he's probably just thought, well, throwing Sterling into the mix as well. Yeah. You know, absolutely, you can understand the rationale behind it. Although, obviously, the, the way what he's ended up doing is said that was playing Gundogan, who's largely a, a mid a, a midfielder who's yeah. more comfortable centrally out on the right. It didn't work, and he looked like a fish out of water. And obviously, we made great capital of that in the first half. I think if you were going to take Sterling, I was think Bernardo Silva was the one to bring in. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he scored against Liverpool, of course, in the Anfield, and looks at. I think he looks at tidy play himself. But I, I, I wasn't surprised. We, we we spoke to a Man City fan, you know, for uh, a preview piece before the game. Uh, he, he expected Sterling to be on the bench. Yeah. So we, what, I don't think it, that that was a shock. No, for, I don't. For, for that's what I'm I think I think I don't think it was a shock. I don't think the fact, and I don't think City fans would think it was a shock either because he doesn't really. And let's hope it continues. He doesn't. He doesn't perform very well in Anfield anyway. Let's look ahead then to. Um, we'll talk about the second leg, and then we'll go to the uh, go to the the, the, uh, 
the derby on Saturday. It's funny that you say it like that, isn't it? But 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 there's such a massive game coming up now, the second leg, and and more importantly, the physical shape that Liverpool Football Club are in because they 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 worked tirelessly on Wednesday, got everything they deserved out of that game. You know, could have been more. Got it all to again at the Etihad. Um, I think I do think that we are developing that thing with City where we are their bogey team. I do think there's a feeling with City. Now it isn't all over, but if you're Pep Guardiola, is my point is how do you how do you set up against Liverpool now? Because he knows from the last two games that we they he plays exactly how we like to play. So what does he do? Does he do that again, or does he try and revert to defence, which he can't, which they can't do? Yeah. The three down. What are they going to do? Sit back. So it's an incredible. I know it's difficult for us, and it's going to be difficult for us. And we'll look at the physicalities and what we've got left. Let's look at that first, actually. Then, what kind of lineup can you expect Liverpool to to, to put in? Uh, oh. I mean, it all depends, of course, on on the derby. On the derby. And, but, but you know, let's say everybody emerges unscathed from that. I think you're looking at Carrius. I think you're looking at Van Dijk, Lovren, Robertson. Uh, I, I think it'll be Trent. Um, and then in midfield, I suppose, with Henderson out and Chan out, you're looking at... Wijnaldum played holding midfield a little bit over pre-season. Um, yeah, he's not too bad, is he? To be fair. Yeah, I'd I feel a bit more comfortable with him there if he hadn't had a debilitating bug, which sort of mm. lose about a stone in mm. weight. Mm. Um, he's obviously still trying to get sort of a rhythm and, and a bit of weight on him. To be he honest. did a he few nice little bits. Uh, got his bum in the way yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. times, yeah. didn't he? Um, keep the ball last ten minutes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's a natural number six, but I no. think he's the he's the best Liverpool have got in that position. I'd rather him. I think he's a bit more mobile than Milner, for example, yeah. in that position. And then let's say Salah's first, I think it'll be Oxley Chamberlain, it will be um, oh. Milner, and then it'll be the front three. The only absolute curveball I could see here, and it's an absolute curveball, is putting Trent in midfield and putting Clarence a right back. Mm. That's, that's, that's is there another? Is there an argument for Trent where he was and Gomez in? If Gomez is fit in midfield, so that is the only. The team will pick itself yeah. a city. Yeah. That is the only. If, if Klopp was concerned about, be, yeah, so it wouldn't be too bad in midfield. Well, he was. He was a number six. Yeah, yeah. And no, well, he was sort of right midfield. He was sort of. A it, was, wing it was at the derby last year at Anfield that he came on as a sub at the second half and almost scored a couple of times. Well, yeah, but, well, he, came, he, came, he he was a holder. Well, not holder. He was a number six. Pep mm-hmm. Linders, who's now over in uh, in Holland coaching, he he sort of cultivated them as a number six when he was at the under sixteens, under eighteens. He was sort of was the you know the Henderson role mm-hmm. because he's, he gets around the pitch, he can pass. Um, it's an interesting shout. That's not. It's not so left field. It's. It, it's. But I mean, I, I, it'd be a massive call yeah, for him to yeah. do that, big especially after he did. Yeah, big, big ask for Klein as well, of course. Um, you know, it's. It's one of those where, you know, if if Matip wasn't injured, you could see Matip playing as a six. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or almost like as a three at the back. But you know, Matip yeah. sort of he's played the six before as well. Matip. Uh, you know, as you say, Gomez, you could almost sort of see him as a, as a holder. You know, could Liverpool get Lucas Leiva back for a game? You know, it's, it's where he'd be. I mean, we perfect, look. He, you, you've, you, you've just you've just covered the thing on Grudic, haven't you? And not been able to get Grudic. Yeah. Liverpool can't get Grudic back, so it, it will. I think it's going to have to be Gini Wijnaldum, um, which obviously, as we move on to, is then brings a massive problem for the Dar because what happens if someone goes through him in the first ten minutes and he's done? So, Juan Alden played number six a couple of times in pre-season. I was there at Wigan, um, and you know, God, you can't you can't judge anything. But no. he started his career there as well mm. um, in Holland. He was he was he's played deeper before. So, you know, he's 
he's not he's not he's not completely alien to, to it. It's just not the it's just not the ideal scenario when no. you've got your two number sixes as Klopp likes to call them both out. Yeah. All right, Dave, uh, Dan. Then, so what about who do we rest for Saturday? Saturday, of course, is the Merseyside derby at Goodison. Uh, what do you do? How do you approach that? Is Salah someone who you would just say, "Look, mate, you've been brilliant. Yeah. Just have a little day off." To me, it's unthinkable that that he'll um, that Salah will, will play a good. Decision. Especially if it look groiny. Look groiny. Without the knock, you'd be a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I think I think now, been a large, case. Yeah, yeah, and as we, we've all seen plenty of derbies before, that you know the, uh, the school of science like yeah. to get stuck in, and particularly yeah. if they're getting beats, they, they they like to leave one or two on us. We've basically got three. You know, like you said, Wijnaldum, Oxlade, Chamberlain, and Milner are the three available senior midfielders for Tuesday so you know if we, if we, Henderson will obviously play tomorrow because he's suspended but you know we would be on if he, if he doesn't want to throw a kid in we'd have to play two of those three so we, we've done a piece this morning haven't we on you know the, the, the possible mid, midfield options and the, you know, the three kind of names in the frame seem to be Rafa Camacho Curtis Jones and Herbie Kane um, now I can't profess to be being too clued up on the academy kids mm. these days. I'll try and keep as much of a handle on it as I can. Um, I've heard I've, the, probably the, the one I've heard the most about is probably Curtis Jones, who I've heard a couple of interviews with Stephen Gerrard, he, and probably no coincidence. I've taken more of an interest in him. He's the local lad. He's, mm. I think he's, I think he's from the city centre or town or somewhere like that. He is the youngest, isn't he? He's only seventeen. Whereas Herbie Kane, I think, is nineteen, twenty in November. He's twenty-one now. Oh, oh no, no, sorry, I'm thinking of Nat Phillips. No, you're right, sorry. Yeah, he's still 19, he's a teenager. Yeah. Either way, you know, neither one of these has played a minute of senior football for Liverpool. And, so and to throw them through Goodison yeah. Derby is a huge ask. And it's the, it's a real conundrum um, for the manager, but it, it, you know, it is tempting fate to throw. I mean, I suppose if it was the two or the three, bearing in mind what, particularly what you said about when Alden would probably play the holding role, and also the fact that he's only just coming back, mm. still looking for his, his real kind of sharp peak fitness, fitness after this debilitating illness he's had, then maybe it'd be, it'd be Chamberlain and Milner that would start tomorrow. But um, then you'd ask a Milner to do he did a hell of a shift as did as did Oxley Chamberlain, yeah. but Milner to do that for for, for three games. And you can see why you can see why. And he's so important. Yeah, and the thing is without. With, with Henderson being out, Milner's experience of obviously the Etihad, former City player, but of big matches, you know, matches that really matter, that kind of that older head out there on the field, I would be inclined to rest Milner. So to, to be honest, I mean, I've, I've heard a few people saying, "Oh, not not bother about the tar- not bother about the derby one little bit, put put all the kids out." I mean, absolutely use the squad mm. and and rest some key players, but. A derby is a derby. It's yeah, a derby. Yeah, is a derby. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, from yeah. the city, it, it's very and also important. as well. And, 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 and also as well, if you lose the derby on Saturday, you're not. It's uh, momentum. It's, momentum, momentum very and it's not going to be feeling very good going there. Feel good factor. Really. It's a real. It's a, it is a real tricky one, isn't it? it? Just really as a quick aside, there. You know what? What do Liverpool want Man City to do at the weekend? Mm. Because does you know if 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 if, if they win the league, does that sort of Galvanise them and buoyance, yeah. or does that mean they take their eye off the ball? What happens there if they don't win the league against Man United? Is that then I, I a retaliation I, thing? I, you know, I, we need to. Or do is their confidence not even fair? You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a real second guess that can you? Really? I think I think I'd throw my eggs in, in the side of them winning the league on Saturday. Yeah. Well, it helps them all because, because I just feel like it's that thing of. And, yes, and, yes, and yes. to be honest, ever since the draw was made, and you know. Every time we go any kind of have any kind of decent run in Europe, people go, "Oh, look at the size! Look at the yeah. Princess Di, Coronation Street, Prince Charles." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Princess Di was in Coronation Street the same year, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the one that struck out that, that struck me about that one was the, the Chelsea semi in two thousand and five. 
again, it was the two legs within the space of six or seven days yeah. either side of the weekend. And that weekend in between the two games, Chelsea won the league at Bolton. Now, even if I think it's stretching a bit to say, oh, they were all still half cut when they, when they went on the field on Tuesday night, it has to have an impact on your mentality. I, I, think, I think if you've gone there and you've won it already and you've yeah. won it at United, you've done all that, and you've got all that euphoria and stuff, I think... You're more likely to 20 minutes in, 3 nils down, go, oh, all right then, but fair dude, you just won the league, you know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like mentally that might be better. I didn't know that about Chelsea. Yeah, That's brilliant, that isn't it? Yeah. I'm you, going to show me, you've shown me. I'm putting the bets on. Blue moon. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so would you, uh, have you had the, uh, what made me laugh is, the, is when it speeds up and does like a disco version. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Disco yeah. version of Blue Moon. It's just unbelievable. Um, I mean, you know, Ings and Solanke. I, I, think, I, I think it's, I, I, th- I think, I think Klopp has to make go 4 4 2. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't see I can't see him bringing someone like Rafa Camacho in um, and otherwise you're, you're sort of shifting out things on the wing or you're putting Oxley Chamberlain out wide or, or like as a, in a 4-3-3 which isn't his best position I don't think he's done the 4-4-2 before I think he did it against the against Everton at home didn't he yeah. so I think yeah. with Solanke starting that game so I think you're looking at I think he's looking at Ings and Solanke as a two and then you know the wide men I think I, I won't be surprised if, if it, it depends on who's where, I mean, what Klopp will do over the next couple of days or the next 24 hours at least is talk to the site the, 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 um, the scientists sports scientists talk to those sorts and then see where everybody is at in terms of conditioning but yeah. I think it'll be one of you know either leave out Robertson and you play Moreno left back and uh, play Mane or you leave Mane out play Robertson and put Moreno left left wing so I think that is one option for him in terms of four four two. Get Oxley Chamberlain on the right. I know he's not necessarily he's doing well in centre mid, but get him on the right. Good job there. You'd have Henderson and Wijnaldum as, as a holding. Yeah. yeah. Um, that rest Milner's legs, and you, I think with the back four, you just sort of you obviously climb will play, and then you just you just pray Van Bake and, and Lovren get through the get through the ninety minutes. It, it's it, it's a terrible situation to be in. I think, but what but what you will see is is the likes of potentially. Somebody like Curtis Jones possibly being on the yeah, bench, yeah, you know, yeah. a bit like how Brewster was against. Wait for Ryan Brewster as well because, you know, he was on the bench against Palace last season as a 16 year old. Um, would have become the first ever player born in 2000 to play for Liverpool. Had a great, I know, <laughs> had, a, had a brilliant, brilliant season. You know, really, really, you know, he, from what we know, Klopp's going to use him next season. Mm. He's not even going to look in the, in the market for a striker as things stand because he really backs Brewster. Mm. He was definitely been on the bench at least. Like, mm. and he could have even started because there, there would have been that extra extra striker there to, to rest for me. You know, Salah, Mane, whoever. Um, but he's missing out, which is why is he missing out? He's injured. He's injured. Yeah, he's injured. He's out for the season. Yeah, um, he's had yeah. an operation. Well, is Woodburn on loan? He, no, he's injured. He's injured. He's injured. It's, it, 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 and we must. I, be... I said this. I said this yesterday. I don't think people realise Liverpool are in an injury crisis. Yeah, like, the, the, the most, the most really? important week yeah. I can remember in yeah. a decade. Maybe maybe taking out the, the Rogers season, the the twenty thirteen fourteen most important week, certainly yeah. the most important three games in in a decade, and and and, and they are down to the absolute bare bones. Yeah. And, and you and know, the last fixture you want in that situation yeah. is our clogging friends from across Stanley Park. Just yeah. just one, you know, one last. You thing. see them all lined up, can't you? And Lazar Markovic with his arm <laughs> off, and he's just going past them all the time. What's Markovic? Is he about? Yeah, he's on loan. He's on loan. Yeah. yeah. One last, you know, one last thing. I remember um, when Lallana got got injured, I was and, and, and there was loads of people on on social media going, "Oh, it's not a blow. It's not a blow." He's, you know, he's hardly played the season anyway. Come back to us now, and you know, that, that, that massive blow because if I'm the Lana starting in his arm, well, he did in the, in the Anfield one. 
Absolutely no qualms. No uh, qualms. What a penalty of the cup time. Yeah, yeah no I, I love Adam Lallana and it, it, it is important, to, I think, to say something to him. He's had a terrible, he's had a wretched season and he's breaking down again. And How how bad is that injury, do we know? He'll, he'll be out for it. It's not a season ender, but he's, by the time he's back, the season's over, oh, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. He's, yeah. just never, he's never seemed to, you know, he only really came back into the team stuck right about the start of the year he's had these little niggles and he's never seen, never really been able to get a run of games no. under his belt to get match fitness up so obviously if that you know, like you say if he, if he does come back at end of April early May he might kind of back to square one isn't he fingers crossed Liverpool are already over the line in terms of Champions League yeah. And, yeah. and whatnot. but you know I can see him maybe getting a nice round of applause as he comes on against Brighton on the last day yeah. um, but it's not it's, I can't see him sort of featuring in the business end of it Cuba winning in KF. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, none half. Get up. Yeah, none half. Well, lads, it's been great. It's been really, really uh, enjoyable to do. Dan, thanks very much. A great debut. Thank you very much. Thanks. For Trent, like your <laughs> oh, status there. I'll I'll wear that as a badge of honour. Not as young as Trent, is he? Not as not as young as Trent. A little nice. bit quicker though. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and we must say uh, good luck to you on the, the, the London Marathon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very and for, much. And for a great cause as well. You know, if, if you see Christians. Um, just giving page out there for for mine. Well, let's give it a plug on here now. What is it, Christian? Give it, give I'm it. running for mine. It's obviously a mental health charity, yeah. something that's uh, very close to my heart. So for mental health issues myself, um, and a lot of people have, of course, it's something that people need to be more open about. Yeah, um, you know, if you want to donate, just just Google Christian Walsh. You know, minds or whatever. Uh, don't don't look at the images. Some weird things might come up there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, run twenty six point three, twenty six point two miles. I want to give yourself an extra two point miles. Don't, don't, you don't need to do that. You'll, be down down to, you'll just do that at the end. Just you'll be down to your last toenails. Come, come oh. last bit. Uh, he's uh, he's doing a great thing. He really is, not he? And he's uh, and he's injured as well. He's injured. Yeah. The lad's injured. I'm Lallana-esque. So he's Lallana-esque as well. And of course, iconic moments as well. The last time we're going to be in this building, uh, the uh, the the Echo. Uh, this is the last podcast to be recorded the in the Echo Building. Well, it, it, in Old Hall Street, we are, yeah. we are literally moving the other side of Old Hall Street to some yeah. Hall Square. But it is, yeah, a moment of history. It is a moment of history. I've been in here many, many times over the years, and uh, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know what you're going to. You're going to have a chair sale. You've got about six thousand chairs out there. We're going to have windows. Yeah, you're going to have windows. Looks Never been like windows, windows in this incredible. place. I'm phone yeah. signal. If you can imagine the black hole of Calcutta, that's what they've been wearing <laughs> here for years. Uh, listen, a layer, layer, layer to all of you. Uh, let's fingers crossed on a uh, on a on a. You know what? I do it. Derby draw, but actually no, a derby win. We can't, we can't say that, can we? Let's get through the derby and uh, and let's let's hope that next Tuesday brings uh, a semi-final berth for Liverpool Football Club in the European Cup, and uh, we will do a podcast soon. Thank you very much, Christine. Thank you, Dan. I'll see you all again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.